Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Bloody Good Horror. My name is Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing Meg 2, The Trench. That's in case that's the Marianas Trench, right? Or something, and, you know, yeah. In case you're mm-hmm. a loser nerd who doesn't know that, that's the trench. <laughs> that. If you recall from the first movie, they discover that the seafloor was fake and was actually just a barrier and that there's more cool stuff underneath. Hey, hey, don't be I mean, still It sounds accurate. I, I think all of this sounds is right. a, uh, essentially a simulation anyway, so why the fuck not? As we established last time, you are an everything scientist, so I wanted to ask. Joining me tonight, first up from the Bay Area, San Francisco, please welcome Rachel to the show. What up, what up, what up? Next up from Indiana, please welcome Casey. Hello. What section of Indiana are you in, Casey? Central. Central Indiana, love it. And last up tonight, from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, home of uh, that guy that just is the new senator. Forgot his name already. Which guy? Oh, John Fetterman? Fetterman. John Fetterman, that guy. Yeah. Seems guy like a real from, character. Um, oh, he's from a little small town where they filmed Out of the Furnace with uh, Christian Bale. Oh. Braddock. There you go. There it is. Please welcome Joe to the show. How's it going? A uh, little bit of BGH history this week. I th- th- This must be a... First time combination because Rachel was introducing herself to Joe before the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had our pre-show meet cute. Yes. See, you know, it's good times. <laughs> <laughs> friends making new friends, right. bringing friends together. It's a beautiful thing. I had a thought and I lost it. Anyway, we're here tonight to talk about this stupid Jason Statham movie, The Shark. So let's take a quick break and do just that. Schnarz sent us a family vacation selfie today, me and Casey. Yeah. Or they were mountain climbing. It's just the whitest family you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I mean that in a literal sense. Like they all look like I hope they have a lot of sunscreen on. Yeah. <laughs> and we got to see Schnars in his tank top. I had to calm Eric down on the side, but you know, we're good now. It was one of the highlights steamy. of my day for yeah. sure. Is that why you had to walk for three miles? You had to work all that energy <laughs> off. <laughs> I was sublimating my sexual tension. Uh, Rachel. Yes. You also know words. Little known fact. Mm-hmm. You write words for a living, right? Mm-hmm. I fuck with what words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is it that you I do? Am, I am the editor-in-chief of Pride.com, so I write a lot of words every day. Yeah. Very See, nice. that probably actually means something, unlike when I was the editor-in-chief of bloodygoodhorror.com. <laughs> it was, you know, mostly an honorific, but, you know. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's as big a deal as you want it to be, I think. <laughs> you know, it's all about perspective. Hey, Rachel. Yes? Please bring us the word of the day. Oh, the honor. Okay, word of the day. There's so much pressure to get this right. Um, you, There's a little teaser that we started the show with. The word of the day, because it is so important to the plot of this film, is thermocline. Yes. So this word is a combination of the word thermo, which comes from the Greek, which means hot, 
heat or temperature, and cly, which comes from the Proto-Indo-European root meaning to lean. Fun mm. fact, it's a, a word that forms either part or all of words including climate, climax, incline, decline, and yes, mm. clitoris. Don't blame okay. me. It's in the etymology. What about uh, Kevin Klein? See also there? Kevin Klein. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Just right, put him there. right in there with the sex stuff. It tracks. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think so. Um, yeah. So, okay. So according, according to Webster, a thermocline is the region in a thermally stratified body of water that separates waters warmer a warmer surface from the cold deep water in which the temperature decreases rapidly with depth and the reason we're using it for this word is it kind of acts like a cage for megalodons and also this is true in the predecessor predecessor as well so like if you have some dinos and things living near the mariana trench they cannot get through the thermocline interesting mm-hmm. thank Science. you for that rachel i did just google kevin klein 2023 Still handsome, in case anybody was <laughs> yeah. wondering. Yeah, you can I get like it. the pictures with the mustache better than the other ones, but there we are. I had to think for a minute because when you said Kevin Klein, what I thought of was Chris Klein, and I was like, that's a deep cut. But then I <laughs> I came around. But that's why I got confused for a minute there. <laughs> uh Rachel, why don't you tell me about Meg to the trench? Sure. All right. So The Meg 2 is a sequel to the 2018 film The Meg, which is loosely based on oh, the novel. That was pre-pandemic. Oh my God, that just made me it feel was a different world. 10 million years old. Yep. Yeah. It's why we had to wait Woof. so many years to get back mm-hmm. into the water. <laughs> um, so same writing team, John Hober, Eric Hober, and Dean Georgia. Georges, um, mm. all returned this time around, but taking over the directorial duties from John Turtletaub, who did the first film, is beloved art house horror and genre filmmaker Ben Wheatley, <laughs> which I'm like, what are you doing here, buddy? <laughs> uh, previous films he has done include Killist, a film in England, Sightseers, the um, shootout extravaganza Free Fire, High Rise, and the body horror, psychedelic body horror film in the earth. So, yes, this is definitely a departure. (laughs) The only one that's ringing a bell for me is in the earth, and I don't remember being crazy about that one. It was okay. Kill List is definitely his masterpiece in my opinion. That's the one everybody says. I I, did. I'm sure we did an episode on Kill List, but I don't think that was one that I actually saw. Ooh, it is bleak and I love it. Um, so yeah, like the previous film, The Meg 2 is a co-production between the US and China and it features an international cast. Notably absent from this one is Li Bingbing, which to me is kind of sus considering that at one point the Chinese government had her un- under house arrest, but I'm not going to put on a foil hat today. Um, she was so, like the lead in the first one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she was Su Yin who they fridged in this movie. Literally. Um, <laughs> And I couldn't remember it, but there was like some some romantic tension with her and Jason Statham, right? She's the one yeah. who's staring at, I keep bringing this up. <laughs> She's the one who's staring at him through the porthole while he's changing his shirt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got it. Yeah, That's that kind of weird. And then in this movie, he's like taking care of her daughter. Yes. Right. So he is like, yeah. So we've got sort the of. uncle and we've got like. I don't totally understand. Like, I, I didn't realize that she apparently, I when I was researching this, found out we were supposed to understand that she died at the end of the last movie. But I was laboring under the idea that they were together and, like, that's why he had kind of adopted her. But I don't know. This is what I remember from the last movie. Jason Statham taking his shirt off and that dog. And that's yeah. it. 
I don't remember. And I remember. I remember the final scene is like the the shark is attacking like a Chinese beach where there is just ten thousand people in the water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, this. You mean the scene we all bought the ticket for? Yes. Right, exactly. Yeah. 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 So this uh, premiered at the Shanghai Film Festival and opened in last week and uh, has gotten mostly negative reviews. However, it has made $152 million worldwide. So cross your fingers. I think we're getting a threequel. <laughs> and that's what I got. All right. All right, Joe, what'd you think of the Meg? You just caught up with the first one, right? Yeah, I just saw it about a month ago. Uh, randomly decided to watch the Meg and was pleasantly surprised with that one because I love the bait and switch. And I'm okay with even like one A24's marketing department has tuned my brain into being like bait switched. Uh, so when it comes to Meg 2, the fact that we get a movie that is like eight different movies smashed all together, which I'm going to call the Ben Wheatley special. I don't think he actually knows how to direct one type of movie. Uh, I had fun. Um, I'm okay with Jason Statham being an eco James Bond. I'm okay with all of a sudden this turning into underwater for 15 minutes. And then it comes back around. You get a great goon like, um, uh, is it uh Martin or what's, uh, what's the character's name? In this, anyways, evil Pedro Pascal, exactly. <laughs> amazing, evil, big '90s action bad guy face. Uh, this movie yeah. throws tropes at you left and right, including like what uh, an evil uh, villainess. She's all that. So when you get a big turn, you know a girl's bad when she takes off the glasses. Yeah, yes. ton of fun. Casey. <laughs> well, first of all, I decided when I started watching this that I was going to start a uh, drinking game every time they mentioned thermocline and then I died. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, this movie is, I would definitely bought the ticket for the trailer scene that we saw, you know, the shark going swimming into the shore and whatnot. Pretty excited for that. Uh, that part of the movie was pretty great. I thought the like, last 30 movies minutes of this movie were a blast once we got to the crazy stuff at the beach and whatnot. The problem is the hour and a half you had to get through to get there. <laughs> um, and Joe is spot on. This is nothing but a whole bunch of tropes slapped together and uh, to get us to that fun scene at the end and, you know, hope for the best. But it's a it pales in comparison to the first movie, unfortunately. That movie came out of nowhere for me and it surprised me. Um, not real big on giant shark films for you know other than jaws obviously but meg was fun and it tried to do a couple different things in there surprise us a little bit this one it just kind of lost all that surprise they like their big surprise i don't know if this is spoiler or not but we see the baby octopi in the bottom and there's one brief offhanded mention uh, mention of the baby octopi at the bottom of the trench and then all of a sudden it becomes a major plot point later on in the movie with no <laughs> other mention of it whatsoever um, see i was kind of bummed because they total like bait did a bait and switch with the marketing on this movie yes because they okay so they showed the octopus and then they also showed that t-rex shot really prominently so i'm thinking like oh this is some kind of like king of the monsters kind of deal but like that stupid dinosaur shot had nothing to do with the movie nope 
it was a flashback to the Cretaceous period that the movie started with. And so like it, it was, then it was gone, but they used it so prominently in the trailer. It was, that was kind of bullshit. It wasn't even necessarily a flashback to the Cretaceous period. All it was, was a vehicle to no. say, Hey, remember how big this shark is? <laughs> yeah. I say that because literally there's a title card that says the Cretaceous period. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that was clear. That Much was like in the, Two weeks ago when we did 65. But that said, as far as, when, especially once we get to the fun fart, and I'll bring these up later, there's some really cheesy one-liners that I'm always a fan of, and we'll touch on those later. So, yeah, there's a fun 30 minutes in this movie. That's two Great hours long. <laughs> I think I largely actually agree with Casey. Like, I love 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 a big dumb action movie love them and i love 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 adventure movies like i think that that genre even when the science doesn't science it, it the spectacle of it is kind of the thing i'm looking for when i go see one of those movies um and i'm also like a huge ben wheatley fan so i was super hyped for this and maybe that's i set myself up for a little bit of failure because this one was a bit of a letdown for me. I'm not going to lie. It has moments of sheer delight. There is a shark cam moment that uh, I, if this whole movie was shot through shark cam, it would be 10 out of 10 for me. Um, but I just think it's incredibly overstuffed. Um, there are long stretches of human drama that I have no interest in and not enough shark. I just wanted to see sharks eat people. And I do, you do get that, but That's you have to wait a see really day, long Rachel. time. Yeah, I know. I just want to see the teeth go it's like tragedy. this and eat the rich people. Like that's all I want in I life. I used to watch my like it's too turtle much. eat fish when I got to feed him fish once a month. But like to your point, Rachel, especially when like the big draw and the promises, there's going to be more sharks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So is that was that all, Rachel? I mean, we can get more into it, but yeah. essentially that's kind of where I landed. <laughs> I would estimate this movie at about exactly where the original Meg was. Like it's mm. such a retread in every way. They sort of try to outdo themselves with the action, um, but I don't know that they outdo it. But it is kind of a fun little stupid romp. The fact that it's two hours is inexcusable and extremely dumb. And why? Like, because <laughs> presumably you're not trying to break the bank with a movie. Like, you're trying to be like, how much movie can we put in to have some like big CGI scenes? But let's not, we're not making a Marvel movie, right? Why make it 30 minutes longer than it has to be? And there's a whole frigging sequence in this movie that basically was stolen from underwater. Like we were watching it. And I'm like, <laughs> what movie have I seen? Was it the first Meg that did? And I was like, no, it's fucking no. underwater that yeah. did this. Like, yeah. and a thousand times, tentacles. <laughs> a thousand times better because instead of like trying to, um, get around weird Lovecraftian merman, like in underwater, we're fighting, I, once again, not to bring up 65 again, we're fighting stupid <laughs> dinosaur or stupid dog dinosaurs. Yes. refuse, listen, you can't make new dinosaurs. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Okay. I don't like it. <laughs> it's annoying. And it's like kind of tension diffusing. We spend like 45 minutes on this like underwater trek. And it's like, I do understand you can't have the whole movie be that last 30 minute segment, but you don't need to make me wait 90 minutes for it either. Yeah. Let's, let's make this thing a clean 78 minutes and get the fuck out of here. Like it's Saturday. It's <laughs> shit to do. So, but, and it, but I, th I think the appeal of these things continues to be 
you know, sci-fi channel-esque action, but with a bigger budget. So they get to go even dumber and better looking with it. Um, there is like, you know, we talk a lot about camp on this show and whether or not it's intentional camp, which you'd argue, is that even real? But I think something about these like joint Chinese-American things totally has this bizarre otherworldly feel to it. Just like choices that would never be made mm -hmm. in a purely American film. And it gives it this strange camp value <laughs> that I really enjoy. It's just bizarre. Like it's like, there's, there's nothing that feels exactly like these movies. And it's part of why I'm kind of fascinated by it. Um, do you think it had anything to do with the uh, uncle that they brought into this movie since Lee B B Bing Bing wasn't in this one that every, you know, every time he cracked a joke, he went, uh, -huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just silly, but I, you know, you know what the funny, I funniest thing was, I thought the one programmer dude who has his survival bag, like DJ. that was a great bit that they kept coming back to. That guy was really funny. Yeah. Uh, they did the smart thing, which was, they come up with more excuses to have Jason Statham fight people and punch people, which is really great. And I kept mm. thinking like, I think maybe I just need to watch the transporter movies. Cause this is actually what I want to be watching here. I've never really seen one of his movies ever. So uh, I probably should remedy that. I mean, transporters, are, uh, transporters would give you what you want. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the action's much better. Yeah. Like, which I feel is like the it, one crank is the one where it's like heart, that, that's a good right? one. I mean, too. that sounds real yeah. dumb and fun to me. Oh, yeah. that one's real dumb and fun. Um, yeah. But anyway, so I didn't hate it. It is what it is, which is not, which is not much more or less uh, than the first film. I would have loved it if that octopus was much more of a central character. I don't even really care if you want to tease it and then have it really show up at the end. But like, let's see that thing's face. Let's like, literally you only saw the tentacles. I'm like, let's see this goddamn thing come out of the water. Let me see those gnarly octopus teeth. Let me see it kill a bunch of people. But instead, like let's you literally just see tentacles, which tentacles are cool, but like, you know, they could have, they could have done more to, to again, make it feel almost like a skull Island or something. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Where we've got all, multiple, prehistoric beasts kind of out there and maybe come up with a third thing. Like let's get a giant squid in there. Yeah. yeah like maybe they're holding that back for like the third movie, but well, they're missing. Mm -hmm. I don't want to cut in on your time, Eric, but uh, like they're missing out on, especially with the giant octopus. And even like if they did throw in a giant squid, it's cool. You can go on with the idea, you know, that the megalodons got so big cause they, you know, grew below the thermocline and so far deep. And you know, that allows them to be so big and everything. Give us more of that with the animals you're going to throw in there with your giant octopus and stuff. Instead, they introduce a giant octopus. And the only introduction and explanation we get is when they first get to the trench and they get out and they see the colorful baby octopi swimming around. Yeah, I mean, and they they... The people who marketed it understood how cool that idea was because that's why they put mm -hmm. that T-Rex right. shot <laughs> so prominently in there. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah it's fine. Same, same review gave talk to me last week. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. I don't know. I was a little sad that they didn't... There's like zero tension in this movie. Oh, yeah. And I think that yeah. it's a little bit of wasted... Um, like, Do you think there was monster. tension in the first movie, though? 
No, and I think I I was expecting there to, and this is again maybe my own fault. I I thought when you brought in Ben Wheatley, they were going to try to like do a little bit of a tonal shift, change a direction, like or at least course make it correct, weirder. You know? Yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like the stills that I saw of the movie before I actually saw the movie were scarier than the movie itself, and it's kind of wasted because the megalodon is a solid monster. You know, he's a giant great white shark and seeing him slowly emerge out of the out of the depths or out of like the shadows, like all those things could be used very effectively. Um, and it was kind of a kind of a bummer that that never really happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, I wonder how much uh, studio interference there was because like CMC Pictures, the uh, Chinese conglomerate, they are um, like they yeah. are responsible for some of the biggest movies in the Chinese market. And they do mm-hmm. sp- they do spectacle. I think they are the reason you we mm-hmm. saw things on the scale that we did and the way that the movie yeah. moved and the way that the uncle acted and even the casting of him yeah he's the what uh was it the wandering earth is like one of their yeah. huge films he's a big star from that and i will say mm-hmm. i guess in the positive camp like it does feel like a more coherent film than the first one like i remember saying about the first one it almost felt like you had two scripts like the american movie script and the chinese movie script and they like smashed them together whereas this Aside from some of those few strange feeling characters or just things that wouldn't you wouldn't normally see, it feels more coherent, like more cohesive. Yeah, mm-hmm. I for me too. And like when you were talking, Rachel, about my hopes that started to build when they mentioned, you know, announced Ben Wheatley is going to direct. Yeah, I was. I honestly don't know why we even had to go back to the trench. There was not really a right. whole lot it's, of point to it. Does, honestly, the underwater shit is boring. Even yeah. even when they're just on the research vessel or whatever, like because something about the under, like you lose the feeling and the scale of the monster, and to me that takes out yeah. a lot of the a lot of mm-hmm. the tension. And when they're walking across the floor, like there's a bunch of megalodons. They're not even a threat. They're not attacking them at all. Like well, not to mention all the crap. I know you have to like throw your science views out the window to enjoy a movie like this, but to be a little morbid here with current events that have been going on, do you think after the things happened with the Titanic sub, they're all sitting there going, Oh no, because they know, I mean, the idea of Jason Statham walking around in the bottom of Marianish trench without a suit on is just ridiculous. <laughs> and the oh, other guy oh, yeah. riding the oh, boom. My God. When he swims. I forgot about in, that. In yeah. the Marianas Trench. And the and he was like, no, guy rode a buoy from the bottom of the trench straight oh, okay, up. Wait, he wait, wait, exploded. Sir. <laughs> we got to stop back for a second. So the way it's explained is that he has some dumb thing. He says the person like, no, no, it's fine. You just have to s- s- get out of the air out of your lungs first. No, out of your sinuses. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Right. Whatever. Yeah. But right. do you think, do you think though that the people who made this movie when that sub shit happened like two oh, months ago. That's what I'm like, saying. Oh, fuck, guys. Everybody's going to see our movie and be like, no, dumbass. That's not how it works. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, someone's face implodes at some point. That's when I was like, Ooh, oh, my God. Yeah. So funny. I did it. I'm not going to lie. But okay. But that's like a pl- that's a plus for this movie, though. Like that kind of dumb, terrible zero like not thought through science shit is one of the funniest things about the movie i don't even know if it's intentional but it's hilarious like yeah the way that they just brush through breeze over the silence is or the science stuff is really funny 
I mean, you have Jason Statham pulling a cloud straight at the end and holding up the propeller of a helicopter. Like (laughs) (laughs) that, the design stuff. Yes. Anybody that is fact checking in this movie (laughs) is not in it for, for essentially the right vibe. No. And if you're in with the rest of the vibe of the movie, it might as well be like that. It might as well be, Silly, because otherwise, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Otherwise, Joe, I would have seen with our lives. Make it a bigger universe. Make the third one a crossover with the Megan AI movie, because the next biggest ecological (laughs) threats AI, and it's Jason Statham versus Megan. Yeah, and it's a giant Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning, and it's a giant (laughs) Megan beneath the thermocline. (laughs) Here's the deal: the money in these movies are the the money in these movies are these like beach attack scenes, right? Yeah, and let's get rid of the underwater shit. Just start the movie and have a smaller beach attacked for a while. Then you can do your dumb story in the second act, and then let's get to a bigger beach. Like, how fucking hard is that? Yeah, I love that the name. What was the name of the resort? It was Fun Island. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was so good. Like again, that when it when those things are happening, it's like, oh, this movie's perfect. I love. Yeah, Fun Island. I mean, do you make a comment? They're like, it loosely translates to fun island but then in the middle of the scene there's a sign that says fun island and i'm like so is that the name or does it just loosely translate <laughs> to that <laughs> oh, i don't know but i mean I and questions. i like your idea and you're right eric that's the money shot that's could have been more of the movie i mean honestly the the bad guys storming the uh uh the giant uh oil rig that they were using as a base and whatnot on the surface of the water and them invading that. I'm cool with that. Jason Statham infiltrating and beating up bad guys going through the station. I'm down with that too. They could have done a whole lot more with that without having to go to the trench. But the problem that I see with that is, is that's going to make these guys rely more on the dog fish things, you know, that they're, that are running around on land because apparently even though Jaws showed us, you could, Oh, they can walk. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the fact that you can, Jaws has shown us that you could terrify people that are landlocked with a shark out in the water. They're not going to do that here. I will say, though, um, showing up your big monster in a sequel by having a bunch of little tiny monsters is very Tremors 2. And that makes me now, maybe I'm coming around on this a little bit. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) We're watching you Stockholm in real time. It's so funny. I have like, well, here's the other thing that like, I have such a man crush on Jason Statham that like, I'm literally watching this movie and subconsciously being like, I need to get like a crew neck sweatshirt. And then 10 minutes later, I have to be like, Oh, but like, I'm not going to look like that. <laughs> a crew neck sweatshirt. <laughs> He's just like a tree trunk of a man. Like, I just, you yeah. know. And you, you've like never this. seen his movies. And his head is like this. Like, there's no neck. It's just no. head right into shoulders. It's amazing. It is. Yeah. I could I'm, use good. But then I, then I kept being like, man, he's on screen so much. And this was the outfit you picked up for him. Like, it's literally just a dad sweater, <laughs> like some dirty pants. You couldn't have put him in something but a little more memorable little, than little, that. Although here yeah, I am yeah, talking I about it. it yeah, so. you're, you're the I think you're the number one and only like, <laughs> member of, of whatever I this fan club is. I have, a, I have a lot of questions while watching. Mm-hmm. Do you watch it in 3D by chance? 
No. No, I no, didn't even I know refuse. it was available. In so 3D. yeah, I noticed 3B, 3, 3B, 3D. I also noticed D-Box where I was seeing it, which I honestly don't even really understand what that is. It sounds like it would hurt my back. But uh, I refuse I to go see 3D movies since the last, the last one I saw in like 2012 or 13 or something was so dark on the screen. I was like, I'm never doing this again. They've gotten better. So I won't do it. The D-Box is the moving seats, isn't it? Joe, I will never find out if it's better. <laughs> did you see the 3D? I did. Wow. So? Uh, so I took my, uh, it was my nephew's birthday, so I took him and my son and we were <laughs> eh, fighting sharks. My issue with the 3D is the uh, subtitles. Usually when I'm reading subtitles, you like secondhand are reading them and you're taking everything in. The you're subtitles were quick, part yeah. of the 3D. And so my <laughs> eye kept being drawn to the subtitle and I'm not paying attention to what the hell's going on the screen. That was my big issue. Some good jump scares. Great reference to uh, Friday the 13th part three in one of the kills. They do the same sort of 3D impalement kill. Oh, oh nice. okay, okay. Uh-huh. that was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, I, I don't That's know. That's pretty fun. I caught other references too, and then they all left my brain. But it's it felt like a re- referencey movie. I mean, they, they were te- like textual at one point. They're yeah. like, "This is like in Jaws too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When so and so did this." Yeah. Well, and like, the oh, dog, right? The Jaws two, <laughs> and then the dog is back. And mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. even Pippin. the movie Tentacles. Pippin. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I, I, I don't ever mess with the 3D, and but a friend of mine fell prey to a 3D scam once where they went to the movie theater and they were going to see The Witch. And the young teenager at the counter was like, oh, you got to see this in 3D and charged them the extra for the ticket. Uh, <laughs> so they went in and it was the like them up. and three other olds. And they were all just like sitting there with their 3D glasses in. <laughs> They got about 20 minutes in and they're like, I'm not seeing a third dimension. What, what kind of scam? What kind of scam is that? So I came out to money. be like, what's no, going on? I and under- the kids shifted and ended. <laughs> I understand that, but like, how long do you get away with that before you get butt? Like, it's not the foolproof. It was plan. probably his last day. <laughs> yeah, that maybe. Fair. And he just. <laughs> that third dimension is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> they should have stuck it out to the end. That's hilarious. But yeah, she she just said it was like her and a bunch of old people, and they were all like. Um <laughs> I will say my favorite action thing in this movie, aside from the Jason Statham punching people in in a sweatshirt, it was uh I just love the idea that he's driving around on jet skis, <laughs> carrying these stupid little poles with like I don't it was some kind of a exp, little explosive device he somehow rigged by hand, right? Mm-hmm. These poles could not weigh more than a pound. Like let's I say generously you. they weigh generously they weigh two pounds. And okay. he's flying around a jet ski and he's like, eh, and he like throws it and it somehow penetrates a megalodon skin. <laughs> Mind you, in Jaws, like a lot of it is made of like the guy, uh, Richard Dreyfuss' little spear, and the guy's like, that's not even going to, like, scratch his skin. Like, you're not going to be able to get... <laughs> yeah. But the Megalodon, we can just throw this stupid little fake javelin. I was just going to go right Have you They're seen softer. his forearms? It's, I mean, yeah. I was the, mm, them, Joe. See, there you go. See, but it's, just in honor but it's of, an amazing visual. Like, him bombing around on oh, a jet In ski honor of Joe good. Bob, there's some serious jet ski foo in this movie. Yes. It truly is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was... <laughs> there was fun flips. 
watching him uh, ride the wake from the Megalodons jumping out of the water was a blast. I mean, these are the moments where like the film, it like understands the assignment in those moments. And that is when it is like pure joy. There is a super cut of this movie that is like peak shark action. It's just weighed down by the humans. As much as I am a um, dog dinosaur denier, uh, (laughs) there is a fun when they're attacking people on the island and then the sharks in the water, like because there's nowhere to go. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of how you get around that plot issue, right? Of just like, well, I'll get out of the water. (laughs) But but they throw those guys on the island and then suddenly it's just chaos and it's a lot of fun. And that scene lasts a good 30 minutes, I feel like. Don't they all? Doesn't every scene in this movie last 30 minutes? And I did love the uh, older couple on the paddle boat (laughs) and the the snap cut down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, honestly, every time someone got eaten, it was The paddle boat was really good. Yeah. That was Mm -hmm. a good gag. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the uh, the view from inside the Meg's mouth as it kept eating more people. That's what I'm saying. That's probably the best shot in the movie. Yeah. Well, by far. like to by Joe's far. point earlier, though, with like studio interference and the Chinese studio having a strong hand and influence and stuff, it almost feels like that's the chunk of movie that they let Ben Wheatley do whatever he wanted with. Mm-hmm. See, I don't know. I am yeah. the opposite of Rachel in this where I'm a Ben Wheatley detractor because I find him so confounding. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I I just that's know right. I I'm fine with uh I, I think he gets good ideas and then I think he gets distracted by like a mosquito flying by him. And that's <laughs> how true. I feel about most of I his movies. So okay. I'm not sure if it's the studio or just him when it, it comes to all of this. I mean, I've seen him kind of speak very diplomatically about the experience of making this film and okay. deserving multiple masters. I don't, I mean, that does not necessarily mean what you're saying is not true, but I think, I, mean, I think this was a tough movie to make. You yeah. you gotta know what you're getting into with this though. It's the second one, you know, the deal with the production. Like, I mean, he could not have been stepping into that unaware, right? Yeah. He must've made a There's, calculation that it was good for his career somewhere. Well, I mean, I mean unless he, there's this. I think there's a chance that Ben Wheatley's put out a lot of movies, a lot of them independent, with a lot of without a lot of interference. He may have had to pay a favor just because of the freedom he's had. You know, like he needed to make a movie to fill out a contract or something. Hmm. I see what you're saying because like, it doesn't feel like do one he would choose pay the bills, right? It's a weird choice. Like, even, I mean, he's done some Doctor Who and he's done some sort of mainstreamy things, but like in in television. But this is such a radical departure. It's totally very it's interesting. Yeah. Budget wise. And I, I'm sad to say, like, the action scenes, in my opinion, really kind of showed, you know, like, I think in this, like, post John Wick Mission Impossible world, like, the shaky cam fight scenes just, like, aren't landing like they used to. And so. Bad editing mm-hmm. with all of them. Yeah. 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 The other. But also shark cam, but also yeah. sh- counterpoint shark cam. <laughs> The other, I completely, to me, obvious uh, Chinese studio influence was the little girl in this movie because she is a hundred percent how you see a lot of their younger, teen, you know, young child characters come across, kind of precocious, kind of on the verge of being annoying. 
you know, getting into trouble and people just kind of like rolling their eyes and like, oh, that goofy child and letting them do whatever dangerous thing it's going to be. It happens a lot. You snuck in the sub. Oh, yeah. you. Uh-uh. <laughs> and Jason Statham was the only one that was like, all right, that's it. We're surfacing. We're going back. And the others I are mean, like, oh, come on. <laughs> there's not the the security and the quality control on this station. Yeah. <laughs> not, not great. Well, and um, like, there's like 12 people that work in this whole. St- <laughs> oh, and the little girl happened to get her own uh, $10 million and, survival wetsuit made. <laughs> well, let's say like, let's say generously there's 30 people and somehow a bunch of them were able to splinter off into another group with different equipment and go down there. Right. Am I to understand that the people that were mining were part of that research team? No, I think no. just Skylar Samuels mm-hmm. was. No, the bad girl. Yeah, it was the, the secret mission by the mustache twirling girl boss. Yes. The other girl, the one who was like the assistant. Yes. And then and suddenly turned. Nine hundred percent too good looking. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> she. Uh, <laughs> the second she opened her mouth out loud in the theater, I was like, "Oh, she's totally in on it." <laughs> like, I, and I never do that, but it was so obvious. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. It reminded me of a big budget direct to TV action flick you'd find on like USA at like two in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Big asylum vibes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie, guys. I don't have anything else to say about the Meg, do you? <laughs> yeah, there's not really that much to say, unfortunately. I mean, <laughs> like it was funnish. I will say I was hoping for that leap that like Wingard made from like directing uh, your next and all of those movies to Godzilla vs. Kong where yes. he was yeah, able right, to right. do something with all of that and showed the, the product mm-hmm. for itself. Not the case. Here. That's a perfect example. Like I wanted to see that some of that art house aesthetic sort of work its way into this sort of Popcorn muncher. Yeah, and I think, though, that ultimately this is not the platform probably where that was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, apparently not. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it'll happen in the prequel. Mm. <laughs> Do you guys think I should play Baldur's Gate 3? Yes. I'm going to. Everybody I know is playing it and obsessed. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't know if that would be a good thing or a bad thing, but I've been thinking about it. Well, I go down, I go down hard when I get obsessed with something. Like fair that, warning, so. it's a big game, so especially on PC, yeah. you need 122 gigabytes free. It's not a problem. I remember going into a Walmart in like 2003 or something, or four maybe, and they handed me. I got a like demo disc for the World of Warcraft, and I brought it home, and I remember looking at it and being like. I just feel like this would be bad. <laughs> like you're not like, I feel like I shouldn't go down this. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I didn't, I never yeah. played. Well, I mean, as someone who recently discovered that star Wars is good, maybe star Wars Jedi survivor. That's a big game. Fun it's game. pretty good. Yeah. It's I played, so good. Uh, what was that previous series that was kind of similar? Dark hmm. souls. The, pre- um, the previous star Wars series where you played like a Jedi on the run kind of dude. Force yeah, Unleashed. This is better than that. Yeah, this is better yeah, than that. Yeah, it's better than that. Sure. What, yeah, for sure. Force Unleashed just was not that great. I mean, it was cool, but it was not like it didn't have a good story. This one actually has a really good story in the and the actual. I've always been kind of obsessed with like isometric games. 
Mm. It just feels so like quaint and homey to me, that perspective. I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but there's probably going to be some reading involved, Eric, with Baldur's Gate. I have been Uh-oh. reading books, I'll have you know. Ooh. I'm reading three books concurrently right now. And I might finish one of them. Ooh. What, which is your front runner? Which is the one you may complete? Uh, I'm almost at the end of The Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, like okay. the the nonfiction book that the movie was based on. So I just love the movie, and I like dumb white collar crime stories. I like white collar crime stories where I know the person goes down in the end because I really enjoy the build up and the tip over. You know what I mean? And seeing yeah. how they go the down. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and then uh, let's see other thing. I'm reading some. A little bit of self-help stuff, and uh, mm. there's something else, and I can't remember what it is. Anyway, you self-improving. I probably should do that instead trying. of reading Star Wars books and trying. gay horror. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Would you recommend Meg too, Joe? I would. Casey. Nah. Rachel. I don't think so. Which hurts me personally because I wanted to love it so bad. I th- I mean, like, if you liked the Meg, sure. <laughs> but, like, does anybody really like the Meg, or do you just kind of go, all right, yeah. I was more of a, all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like, that yeah. was a thing. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say no, I guess. Yeah. Split down the middle. There you go. All right. Let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. Some really strange readings in here. A missing crew. This place is a tomb. DJ, where are you? An infinite evil. This ship has been beyond the boundaries of our universe. Who knows what it's brought back with it? Vacate! I want off this ship. I can't leave. She won't let you. Event Horizon. Rated R. Hey, this is Brian O'Holler, and you might know me from such films as Clerks, Clerks 2, Brutal Massacre. You're listening to BloodyGoodHorror.com. Where can people find you? Well, uh, do you want my address or? That's entirely (laughs) up to you. I don't, I can't set your boundaries for you. I mean, that's dangerous because I don't really have any, but um, (laughs) you can find me online um, at Rachie Pants on Twitter or sorry, X. Um, But if you want to follow Zombie Girls, that's ZG Podcasts. That's podcast with an S on Twitter or X, Facebook, Instagram, and of course, threads. I will never, mark my words, Rachel, I will never say X, ever. It hurt. Like it's, I mean, I just want it to die. Like it just needs to. 
shuffle off this mortal coil, I think. I noticed today I went to do something and I noticed, I guess I had read about this, but I actually mm-hmm. saw in real time that they changed it to repost instead of retweet, which is so stupid. Yep. What? Oh my like, God. Maybe you shouldn't let cocaine make all of your business decisions. I don't know. I don't know. Such don't a know. chud. He Just is. I'm. Yeah. I'm very chud. sad that the the Zuckerberg and Musk fight is not apparently going to happen. I was like super hyped for that. Oh my I was god, ready to that pay shit was pay per view. That shit, dude. I I did enjoy that discourse on Twitter of uh, people busting on him for suddenly needing surgery. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like his so fighting funny. style would be like this move. You know what I mean? <laughs> like the over your face, like that. So that's what I imagine the musk Freaking fighting style is. Idiot. All I know is he was going to show up in that Halloween costume he wore last year that looked like some bad Dracula armor or something. <laughs> oh my god! What? Is, there's a movie where the tagline was like, "Whoever wins, we lose." I think it's like <laughs> Alien versus Predator. Like that is how I felt about that fight. I like nice. when I'm rooting for Mark Zuckerberg. Like the world has spun off its axis. We have entered the darkest era. <laughs> I know. My I know. initial response when they first said Zuck and uh, Musk are going to have a cage match, I tweeted before it was X, can we just lock the door to the cage once they go in? <laughs> <laughs> like a Magneto kind of situation will trick them into getting into the prison. Um, can it be a shark diving cage and drop it? open it? <laughs> you know what else it made me think of was when Uwe Boll challenged a bunch of film critics yes, to boxing right. matches back in the day. <laughs> oh my God. So that's some old school internet beef right there. Uh, even yeah. that still feels like a scam and so Uwe Boll. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For some reason. Did he um, actually fight anybody? Yeah, he Yeah, did. he beat the shit out of somebody from like Ain't It Cool News or something. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's embarrassing on so many. There's the and there was a story out there somewhere about that. a guy who actually like was in shape and trained and wanted to take him on. And he wouldn't even yeah. return his calls. <laughs> like he's basically just looking for a nerd to beat up. Mm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, info at bloodygoodhorror.com is the email address. Oh, let me check quick. Cause our Mr. Levi said he sent something, but I couldn't find it for still. I oh, was in my spam. I'll just do this. Right <laughs> time, guys. <laughs> There's nothing else going on. Spam. Yep. Oh, I think they're, they might be in the comments on YouTube. Uh, First up, Caitlin and Kissimmee. It's in Florida. In case you didn't know. Dummy. (laughs) Dispatch from episode 170. Apparently we were discussing Final Destination 5 possibilities. Eric... I'm boycotting for my man, Devin Sawa, unless they bring him back, which I doubt. John, hey, 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 don't count uh, Devin out there. He may come back for Final Destination 5. Who knows? Spoiler, he kind of does. I submit <laughs> this I submit this as further evidence that John is a lizard person with ties to the Hollywood elite. His panic that you may not spend your money was evident. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying uh. Caitlin's little odyssey through the back episodes. Next up, Levi. Uh, hey, gang. I don't want to be a downer, but I lost my father last week. This podcast has helped me get through it. The laughs, the feeling of community you guys create, it goes a long way, making someone feel less alone. I just want to say you guys are great. You literally inspired me to create my own podcast. 
Keep doing what you're doing. You make a difference. Levi from Well Adjusted Horror. Oh, thank you, sir. I'm sorry. Thank you, Levi. Make me cry. Hope you're hanging in there. Yeah, I lost my dad recently, so I feel you, Levi. Man, I'll tell you when I'm trying to block something out. Podcast is where I'm going. (laughs) Yeah. <clears throat> That's right. so true. Like you just like hang out with your uh, parasocial friends. Yep. <laughs> mm-hmm, for mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. Info at bloodygoodhorror.com is email address. Uh, did we, have you been checking the hashtag on Twitter? Yeah, there's no tweets this week again. All right. Seems yeah, most of our listeners may have uh, vacated the premises. Are we, have, have you been shadow banned by the Musk? Oh, uh, maybe. It's possible. <laughs> All right, let's Makes see. it'll make it easier when you finally are like cut ties. Yeah. yeah. We did get some threads. I said, tonight we're reviewing the Meg too. And some jerk said, why? Because <laughs> 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 I'm trying to fill a void in my life with a podcast with a photo. Fo- do I need more of a reason? <laughs> um Terrified State says, How do we get our money back? <laughs> yeah. I've seen worse things in the theater. Yeah. Reds is finally becoming more like Twitter. That <laughs> yeah. um, was supposed to be the positive platform. <laughs> from the Well-Adjusted Horror Podcast, I enjoyed what a piece of crap this was, but speaking of fecal matter, let's talk chili. Important chili question. Beans in your chili or no beans in your chili? Your answer will greatly determine my respect level for each of you. Oh, you gotta have beans. Definitely beans. Um, I grew up beans... It was later brought to my attention that a a true authentic chili is just meat, but that seems crazy to me. I feel like you need beans because fiber. Otherwise, beans are disgusting, and they are the greatest culinary lie that has been told to humanity. Oh, did we find a Rachel thing here tonight? Goo! They are revolting. (laughs) (laughs) They are a they are a source of a complete protein and fiber, though, Rachel. That's important. I would rather. Die a slow starvation death <laughs> than let a bean pass these lifts. <laughs> My kids say they're good for your heart. And so they just keep talking about it. That's right. Mm. <laughs> uh, now, black beans or pinto beans? Black. It, no beans. In the chili? I go pinto. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the chili, pinto. I go black. Hmm. And I've I've heard that black beans versus pinto beans is like an East Coast West Coast mm. divide, not necessarily in chili, but just general preference. Which one's what East about? Coast? I've heard that West Coast is more pinto beans, that East Coast is more black beans. Okay, on like tacos and burritos and stuff. What about noodles? Like in macaroni chili? noodles in your chili? What? That, that, is more, that gets closer to goulash, but I have Casey, seen it that in is chili some here. White trash <laughs> ass shit is what that is. No, it's just goulash. <laughs> Do you think it's just like macaroni and ketchup? Is that chili? No. That's hilarious. That's like the tuna Um, casserole of chili. Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Gross. Here we go. I mean, I live next to Cincinnati that puts chili on spaghetti. So it's not that out of the question. Disgusting. And it's like chocolate. Isn't it like chocolate chili spaghetti? Isn't that like the thing? It's diarrhea. Use- Chili spaghetti is what it is. It okay. looks like di- it looks like diarrhea. Yeah, and all, yeah. all I know is I had it once, and Freddie from Night of the Living podcast made it for me, and I thought I was going to die after. <laughs> this conversation has we more used, tension to make- than Meg too. i know i was waiting for like the great east coast west coast beef to start over the black beans versus pinto. <laughs> I was a little sad that it didn't it didn't pop off. Next up, Mike the Backa. 
favorite action horror franchise, and if you could cross two over, which would they be? Mm. Mm. Um, this is a great question. Yeah. Favorite action horror franchise. I mean, franchise. As much though. as as much as I like have gotten into Resident Evil semi-ironically over the years, it might be Underworld. I think I might actually enjoy those movies more. Did you catch the Resident Evil crossover in Meg 2? No. The mustache-twirling girl boss. That's Jill Valentine. Oh, interesting. <sighs> Action horror. I they mean, just the had a Resident Evil. Was Resident Evil. They had yeah. a Resident Evil series recently? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was that there was yeah. one that was set in the 2000s, right? Like actually around the time of the game or something? Yeah, it was okay, but I'm not sad that it went away either. I, I mean, I, I got like Blade, I guess, because if, uh, if we're talking franchise, yeah. but the night comes for us. If, when I think action horror, I think that movie. Or uh, Project Wolf Hunting, which just came out, and if anybody hasn't seen it, is Ooh. fucking fantastic. Hmm. I mean, like, it's not, I wouldn't categorize the series of it, but like, to me, the ultimate action horror film is Aliens. Like, that's number mm. one. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, but I wouldn't say that about the, like, the first film, obviously not. The, and then we don't talk about the other ones. Not but, that action yeah. Yeah. I need to watch the fourth one. I've never seen it, and I've been seeing people say they like it. That's uh, Resurrection, right? Yeah, this one with Winona Ryder. Yeah. Joss so, Whedon's joint, yeah. his uh, entry in the, he the franchise. He that? He wrote it. Yeah. Oh, no shit. Yeah. I do, that era of... Um, it's very wet. It's a moist film. <laughs> that era of Winona, Winona Ryder, I'm very into. What was it, uh, Overlord? Lots of tension, lots of sexual the, uh, Sigourney Weaver. Okay, tension. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Overlord is that World War II movie, right? With uh, Wyatt. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's a good. That one. was a good horror one too. Yeah. Anytime you blow a Nazi's face off with a a grenade, like ten out of ten. Love yep. that movie. <laughs> Next up uh, from Asian Cinema Film Club: What is scarier, a giant shark or a giant octopus? Certainly, Peter Benchley's *The Beast* argued a good case for the latter, while also giving us the underrated TV movie adaptation. Wasn't *The Beast* a uh, squid? Squid. I think it's yeah. a squid. Yeah. I remember yeah. watching that TV movie, and it was a time. What an innocent time in my life! Like I remember, if you made a promo and told me this was like a television event, I was like. Oh, I gotta mm-hmm. be there for this. And like <laughs> yeah. I remember sitting down because they was like from the creator of Jaws. And like yeah. I watched it. I was pretty into it as a kid. I kind of missed that era of like all the really Absolutely. bad Stephen King yeah, Night adaptation. They weren't, I mean, like, listen, we all know Langoliers is not good. I fucking love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I, I, love I go it. hard for Langoliers with those stupid space eating, time eating monsters. Well, Rachel, I used to rent that the double VHS and make fucking people I was dating watch it. <laughs> like there was an era in high school where everyone did drugs and watched the Langoliers. <laughs> like, no, no, you don't this is real cinema. You can't understand me unless you like this movie. Yeah, no. I mean the Bronson Pincho slowly. What do you think the, about that? <laughs> I was the same way, though, but my going back even further in the 80s when V, uh, v the final battle came yes. out and they were 
throw advertising that as a special event and you know a limited series and whatnot. I annoyed my mom so much in the weeks leading <laughs> up to that. <laughs> the other test I would put people through is the movie Mosquito. Oh yeah, nice. I've never <laughs> seen Gun- that with Gunnar Hansen. It was like <sighs> shit, pure like. 1998 and you're watching USA in the afternoon and they only had enough money to buy the rights to mosquito that and like yeah it was like a <laughs> cheap horror movie with some really fun giant mosquito effects basically and Gunnar Hansen was in it sold yeah I don't know if it was a local thing there was a station here called coffee TV 20 and it had like in the afternoons there was always terrible horror movies and that like absolutely shaped me as a person <laughs> Like I watched like slugs and bugs. And Did you watch ticks? That's a good one. Oh yeah. With Carlton as the gangbanger. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god. Amazing gosh. French yeah. Movie. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seth Green. Oh, that's right. Seth Green was in that. And you have a great Green. scene with uh, Clint Howard and the things coming out of his I've face. I'm infested. Salt. Okay, if you ever bring back the BGH, like watch a lo- you know, like the spooktacular ticks, yeah. man. Ticks. I'm fine. Um, all right. On to Instagram. Marvin the Martian 12. When do you think they will eventually cross this over with Godzilla and King Kong? He actually wrote Kong Kong, which is much funnier, but (laughs) King Kong. I mean, that's a real, I mean, I assume he's joking. That's a real thing that makes money and is good. Yeah. So probably not. I mean, that would actually be a good thing if they brought a Megalodon into that world. But (laughs) it did make me wonder what the next Kong thing is, though. It's uh, already, are they making another one? Yeah, they already announced it. Um, It is uh, the great next realm, a great realm. The teaser was, a silhouette of some giant ape-like beast sitting on a throne and the camera starts panning back and there's skulls all over the floor and then it gets all the way back and it's the skull of Godzilla and the skull of Kong together and then it dropped the title. I think Wingard's uh, directing it as well. So this would be awesome. in that universe like post King of the Monsters, right? Yes. And we went, we saw the throne in that movie when they're on the underground. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh-huh. Okay. Again, I'm, I'm science perfect, accurate. Yes. <laughs> Definitely the I know, sun I is remember in the making of the a planet. big deal. I remember when we reviewed it, making a big deal out of the fact that he's in the center of the earth and they make eye contact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he's on with the other one that's on top of Hell the Hell yeah. Like, mm-hmm, <laughs> okay. good pupils. That's how science works. Um, this is a good one. I like this. Agent of Trioxin. Do large bodies of water incite Great. fear or anxiety in you? Yes. It's oh, yeah. called the lassophobia and the struggle is real. <laughs> yeah, so I I can swim in the ocean and stuff, but I don't I've never been swimming out in the open ocean. I have been in the open ocean on like a cruise ship, but I'll tell you like growing up I did a fair amount of tubing on lakes, mm. which is where you're kind of being pulled by a boat. Mm-hmm. And inevitably you get thrown off and there's this moment where you're just floating in the middle of the lake with a life vest. And like, I just feel like I'm going to be eaten by a giant monster, just like sucked into the yeah, exactly. maw of some. And then thing. something touches your foot and you want to leave your body. And but, but it's specifically something feeling, thinking about the size of the body of water. I mean, that freaks me mm-hmm. out. 
See, my issue is the yeah. darkness of the water because the raft from Creepshow 2 fucked me up so yeah. badly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's that darkness that you don't know it's down there waiting for you. And Yeah, but I don't know that the clear makes it any less freakier. It's just freaky in a different way, I feel like. But to give myself an own, my own little plug, my first published short story way back when, years and years ago, Deep Lies the Murky Floor, it's about exactly that. <laughs> Yeah, because like when you're but when you can see what's in the water, you become really hyper aware of how much shit you're sharing the water with. Literally, that can that can be (laughs) freaky. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like you when you step off the boat, you're on the shark's plate and uh, you take like 19 steps down the food chain. That's true. And they say that you have to be at peace with that. You're going to do it. Supposedly, most shark attacks happen in pretty shallow water, too. So, Mm -hmm. right. Exactly. Exactly. That sounds like a real science fact I heard somewhere. No, I think that's true. Have you ever seen the like crane or not crane, uh, uh, drone footage over water where you can see people playing around in the water and you can see the shapes of sharks around them? Yeah. Hell no. Haunting. <laughs> I have lots of dreams where sharks are trying to bite my feet. So maybe this is really a find yourself. I mean, I uh, took the kids to, for your feet too. I took the kids out to a lake <laughs> um not that long ago that's like you know, it's out in the woods, but it's got a beach and lifeguards and stuff. But you go in that water, like you you see some like shit swimming around. Well, we it's used to have weird. one that would uh, in a pond down the road from my mom's. It was like that had a beach, had lifeguard and stuff, and they had the shallow area roped off. And then if you're old enough, you could go on the other side of it. But you'd stand over there, and little fish come up and nibble the dead skin off the back Ooh. off your back. It was People freaky. Pay for that? Oh yeah. <laughs> Honestly, like one of the thing that really freaks me out is amoebas. Because like they can get in your head, right, and like murder you, Joe. Oh your yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. No, they can get up up your sinus uh, canal uh, down in the Amazon. You have uh, things that will swim up your urethral tract. Uh, it is all of the uh, little uh, little creatures that I actually have my biggest fears about. But is that, that why you got to clear the air out of your sinuses reasonable. below the thermocline? This way you don't explode <laughs> or implode. <laughs> <laughs> man well yeah i think that's gonna do it you don't want to talk Meg- about the urethras anymore i feel like no we, uh, okay okay all, all right. right i feel like we'd <laughs> for, for meg to the trench uh anybody know what's coming out next week uh we have a schedule somewhere that schnars made i can find I out like there's a quick. i feel like there's a theatrical mm. but now I'm too tired. There's to Birth Rebirth, here. which is coming out, which is going to piss some people off. People are going to be mad about that movie. Um, that's the only thing I think I know that's coming out theatrically. Well, next week that's coming out, isn't it uh, Last Voyage of the Demeter? Oh, yes. yes okay. I think you may be right. In which case, that'll be definitely what we're doing. So Yeah. Birth Rebirth comes out the week after. Oh, okay. Uh, so Rachel, people can find you on the Zombie Girls G R R L Z. Yes, on the yes, internet. Check, check them out. out on the hot new social media app X, where X is <laughs> happening. Uh, Joe films at first sight. Correct. Casey, you are Cinema Farage on uh, C- Instagram. Cinema dot Farage on both Instagram Got. and Threads. Love it. 
Uh, and check me out, Eric BGH on all the socials and also uh, Hi-Fi on Spotify, H-Y-F-Y to hear a bunch of synth wave that I made. <laughs> I don't know why I sounded so exasperated when I said that. I all Take right, pride everybody. in your synth wave. Take pride in it. Mm. It's good stuff. All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show and we'll talk to you next week. Good night. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs>